Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of Ready to Mosh and it's a special guest episode today. We have got Nina and Shem from Lowen on the podcast today. Lowen are one of the bands that we are going to be seeing at Uprising Festival in Leicester on the 29th of April. So we've got them on now to have a chat about the band, their background, their music and what to expect from them at Uprising. Okay, so we have got Nina and Shem who are Lowen on the podcast today. How are you doing, guys? Hi. Good, how are you? Yeah, we're good, thank you. So, first of all then, if you can just tell us a little bit about the band and how and when you began. Yeah, sure. So, uh, we're called Lowen, as you kindly said. Um, We play Middle Eastern doom metal. It's quite progressive. And we formed in the front row of an Akakoka concert in about 2017, um, when Shem tapped me on the shoulder and we started talking because we both love Akakoka. So, that's kind of basically how it began. Okay. And what what kind of influences have you guys got, kind of music-wise? Um, influences, it's interesting because it's not as much music as it is sort of our experiences. So we both come from quite, um, we've had quite troubled backgrounds and histories growing up. So we have like a lot of pain in the band. And the sort of Middle Eastern aspects of our music is about me and my family and my history. Um, so I was born in exile from Iran never been able to go um and the trauma of like the revolution and the political situation that has like impacted me since I was born basically so um the music is about displacement and it's about um the the feeling of being between worlds which is where the science fiction comes in so I'm heavily influenced by science fiction uh, literature by the artwork and um, we work with Hervé Scott Flament who's a a French artist who does incredible science fiction landscapes, um, which if you, any listeners or watchers aboard go on our band camp, you'll, you'll see what we're talking about. So yeah, we're influenced by that musically, uh, a lot of traditional Iranian music, but then also Bolt, bolt Thrower, we love Bolt Thrower, and yeah. Electric Wizard, <laughs> and, and you know, the usual sleep, you know, all that stuff. Okay, so in terms of your songwriting process, can you tell us a little bit about that? and obviously you use different languages and some traditional instruments as well so if you can just let us know how how you approach that and decide which language to use or how you decide which instruments to use in your music that's a really good question um in terms of languages uh i basically the historically I, I look at the history of the middle east of iran of mesopotamia and civilization and we go into that so it just made sense to use sumerian and akkadian and we worked with an ethnomuseo archaeologist called richard dumbrell who taught us um me and shem we went to his house one day um and he has like a, a replication of the role the silver light of ur and he's gone to iraq and worked on excavating nineveh and all these things so he taught us about different ways that ancient music would have worked how to pronounce them in terms of the instrumentation um, i guess shem would be the best person to talk about that because he does most of the instrumentation when it comes to music i bring them all like folk elements and, and the vocals to it so <laughs> you have to um it's kind of difficult because we've been working on our second album for a couple of years at this point and um it's quite different to the first album the first album's a lot more kind of kind of more traditional i'd say there's like there's some experimental stuff there um 
I think I was quite influenced by a lot of like shoegazy kind of stuff when we were making it. And that definitely kind of, I think I was always trying to evoke this feeling of something far away and that you can't really connect to. And I think that some of the sounds and stuff that we use on the, that first album and the new music we're working on um, kind of play into what Nina was saying about not really feeling at home, feeling really far away from something and not being able to connect with it. I use a lot of um, like effects on the guitar, uh, very inspired by uh, Moody Blues. I don't know if you know them, yep. but like, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of like, there's, there's a lot of like middle of the road kind of electric wizard morbid angel and all this stuff but then there's like more off the wall stuff that comes into play as well uh we're very influenced by a spanish uh 70s prog rock band called carmen who uh, okay. have an album called fandangos in space that you should absolutely listen to because it's amazing <laughs> um yeah stuff like that and um in the new the new album there's a lot more kind of weird time signatures and stuff like this that i've been really i can't wait to dig into because some of the melodies that that nina puts to kind of stranger time signatures and stuff there's honestly just not a lot that sounds like it out there already so i can't wait to share it with everyone yeah carmen are great they're actually um really interesting as a band they had um they used contact microphones when they were recording the album and they actually tap dance within their music um, so they have like these crazy, it's like really crazy prog set in space using like uh, a lot of like folk Spanish music and then just mashing it together with like tap dancing at the same time. So it's really weird. But it's quite heavy oh, as well. Yeah. For the set, it's like definitely very like heavy rock at the same time. That sounds like, oh, I, I can't even imagine how that sounds. I've got I've got to give this a listen. It's, it's honestly <laughs> sick. It's really sick. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what you think. I'd love to know what you guys think. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm I'm going to listen to some tonight, and yeah, I'll we'll, we'll drop you a message. I'll drop you a message later and let you know. We we both love Opeth as well, and I would not be oh, surprised yeah. if Michael Ackerfeld loved yeah. Carmen because there's some parts that sound a lot like Opeth songs. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm a big Opeth fan, so I'll yeah. I will probably be really down with this. Yeah, <laughs> I think you will. So. Unceasing Lamentations, it was more stripped back. Was this kind of more of a lockdown thing or is it a new direction you kind of want to move in? Unceasing Lamentations was, um, it, it was basically kind of an accident. So we were asked to play Doomsday Festival um, and it was it was during COVID. So, you know, you couldn't go to shows and we just wanted to do something different because like, yeah, as Shem was saying, our first album is like very traditional. We didn't really know what we were doing, but by this point, we wanted to play something that wasn't the first album and we had the idea of improvising basically so the two of the three tracks on that record are fully improvised um and i was working with richard dumbrell to like look at all this ancient sumerian and akkadian poetry which is so beautiful and i'm very influenced by that poetry when it comes to writing the lyrics for the next album um so basically yeah we i i transcribed all this poetry and arranged it and then we turned up at Brighton at the Green Door store and they just hit record and we did it. And I then we, at the end we did it. Yeah, it was really crazy. I, we, I had no idea. We just did not know what was going to happen. And basically in Macam music, which is Middle Eastern music, that's kind of what happens. You have basic structures that you improvise around. And that's like the beauty of that music. I think it's very unique. And it was a really unique opportunity to capture what that's like. Because when we play live, we always end our set with a jam, basically. So we don't know what we're going to do. We just do it. And it tends to be one of the most exciting parts of when we play. Oh, wow. I love that idea, just finishing with essentially something that each live show that you do, 
it's going to be something different for somebody else. Yeah, totally. So you've mentioned you're working on your second album. Have you got a timeline for when you're planning to release that? And will we hear anything from that at Uprising? You might. <laughs> so basically, uh, we have a producer we want to work with. So we're basically waiting for him to be ready to go in the studio. We're, we've done all the instrumentation for the demos. We uh, fully demoed one track which we might perform at Uprising. Basically, this album is extremely complex. Um, so we're now playing to clicks, which we've never done. Um, and like I think most bands under the genre of like Stoner or do <laughs> normally do such a thing. Um, but we were heavily influenced by a lot of death metal in this album. There's no um, harsh vocals or anything, but instrumentally, it's like very um, much more progressive much heavier so we're having to use um, click tracks we have an incredible drummer Flo Tolman from Damim who can just play these crazy crazy drum um his drumming is just incredible yeah, so amazing. we've used it and, and we've had to like improve as musicians significantly so we're having to rehearse this song quite a lot hopefully we can play it uprising it's very much our intention to do so but we will be shitting ourselves <laughs> we'll look out for it. yeah I'm, I'm sure it'll go down a storm yeah. uh ju just kind of uh on the musicians that you you guys use obviously we we know uh we know about damim oh, yeah of course um, yeah do you kind of keep the same live musicians when you when you go out or do you have kind of like some bands you know have revolving doors and yeah we have a wonderful relationship with uh richard stevenson our bassist he's been with us for many many years and really value him He's always he's always been with us pretty much. Um, and then Flo as well. And we, we've worked with James Lowe, um, who's worked with some really, really amazing bands as well. With Satlan, um, with Susie, who's now in Dead Witches. Yeah, he's wonderful. I don't know if you've got anything to say about the guys. Yeah, I mean, just um, I think for the most part, we tend to play with like, yeah, Flo and, Flo and Rich. Um, that tends to, I think, be more of a, a, a geography thing than anything else. Flo's a lot closer to us, so it's a lot easier to rehearse with him. Uh, and Rich is quite close as well. So, yeah, I think that's like they're pretty solid. But they they obviously both, you know, have other projects and stuff. They love playing in Loam. So it's kind of it's like Nina reminds baby um, in terms of like the music. And obviously it's like Nina's story. So it's really important that that's the focus of the band. So, yeah, we're just really um, thankful to be able to work with such amazing musicians. And they're really happy to come along for the ride. We know lots of other people in, in other bands around London who are also incredibly talented musicians. So we're really lucky in that we've got a bunch of other people we can call on if we ever need to. But um, yeah, we're really happy with the people we work with at the moment. What is your favourite song that you've written so far? The one that we have finished for the second album, for sure. I'm, I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Yeah, same, just the new album. The new stuff we're working on is incredible. I really can't wait to share it with people. I'm very excited. Spent a long time practicing and trying to become a better musician. Um, we both, me and like Nina and myself, studied a lot of Middle Eastern folk music. And um, in terms of like the guitar, I've tried to incorporate a lot of East Middle Eastern kind of, a lot of the kind of musical traits you find in that kind of music. And there's I think the really fun thing is that I would realise throughout the process of writing new music that there's a lot of bands I really appreciate and look up to who already do that with certain things. Opeth being one good example, um, Enslaved use a lot of Middle Eastern kind of um, tropes, kind of parts of, you know, things like uh, like Drone, um, 
the McCam obviously playing lots of notes up and down just one string rather than across the strings is um, something you find a lot with at least in like folk music. So like kind of adopting that kind of an approach to playing guitar to kind of emulate that is um, something that I've been incorporating as well. So one of the things, the other things that um, you guys touched on was the things like the artwork, the album, the EP, the merch. Is it kind of a joint collaboration with everybody or is it, you know, do you guys have a specific idea? Because I've, I've seen some of the stuff and it looks absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Um, the covers are by Hervé Scott Clement that already existed and they just happen to line up perfectly with what we do, um, like our aesthetic, essentially. He is probably influenced, like, I, I'm very into art. Um, I my Lots of members of my family are artists, so I was raised, like, in galleries as a child. Um, and a lot of a lot of artwork I mean I'm sure for Shem as well has like really influenced how we approach the music so he it, we just aligned like very well and Herve is actually in a punk band called Issy Paddy which is really really cool they're great really great band um yeah but then with the actual merch that's much more collaborative so because Herve's paintings are oil paintings they take him months to paint so I would never want to tell him what to do <laughs> I'm just like would you mind awfully if we use this piece um, whereas, yeah, with the artwork, so we've worked with John Dix, who's a tattoo artist, um, and I basically give, gave him a brief. I was like, um, this is a mythological thing. Could you do this in your style? And basically, that's what I try and do is give the artist freedom within a brief, because like, I don't want to be too picky. But I also it needs to be related to like the mythos of the band. Of, like Usually it's just Persian mythology. So we've worked with Adrian Baxter as well, who just did um, Paradise Lost. Oh, nice cover. <laughs> also playing uprising um yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's it's really it's really fun to work with artists i absolutely love collaborating i really love picking artists that we all like and just seeing what they do with stuff that is related to us and i i think you know throughout the years hopefully we'll work with many artists and have many different styles of artwork that relate to what we're doing <laughs> Right. Are we ready for the quick fire round? Yeah, the quick fire round. So with the quick fire round, don't kind of um, think too much about it. Just, you know, whatever springs, whatever springs into your mind, just go with that. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. So what was the first album that you owned? Uh, Evanescence. No. What, was, what was that album? Fallen? Fallen. Fallen by Evanescence. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Uh, my first record was Super Unknown by Soundgarden. Oh, what a what a great start! It ruined music for me, honestly. <laughs> oh wow! So, what would be your death row meal? So you get a starter, a main, a dessert, and a drink. Uh, probably Iranian kebab. It's just it's just kebab, but Iranian. You get like a grilled tomato and saffron rice with a stick of butter that melts into it. What's the Oh, garlic yogurt. Yeah, garlic um, yogurt. Wild garlic yogurt, and um, there's like a drink. Um, which is like yogurt with mint and water. Mo- most Western people drink it and, and vomit because it's super, super <laughs> not to a Western. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met a, a Westerner that likes it. Um, but it's oh yeah, I just have like a classic Iranian meal. Probably that's what I'd have. About you. If you asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said pizza, but now I think I'd just say the same thing as her, <laughs> but maybe with beer instead of do. Yeah. <laughs> So you, your your tastes have totally changed now, then. Absolutely, they've got the best food, man. Like the Middle Eastern, like Turkish food, Iranian. Like when you get a bit deeper into it, and you kind of uh, experience some of the tastes and stuff that that perhaps aren't 
I think there's a tendency as a white person to go into like a restaurant like that and go, oh, I'll have this because it, it looks nice and I recognize it. And there's lots of stuff you don't recognize. But when you you eat with people that kind of have eaten that kind of cuisine for their whole life, they point you towards stuff like, yeah, like garlic yogurt, um, baba ganoush, which is obviously like um, aubergine, like smoked aubergine, lots of smoked stuff. Uh, the different ways they prepare food it's also just kind of a lot healthier for you so you don't kind of feel like garbage after you eat it a lot of the time which is really nice <laughs> it always makes a difference yeah what was the first gig that you went to it was live aid in hyde park no way yeah what yeah i was like eight years old my parents took me we were there for like oh my god hours. That's I think crazy. Know, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, I think Brad Pitt was on stage. I remember being like really young. A woman was like, I'd fuck that man. <laughs> 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 I was just really confused by the whole like thing. And I, I, I think we left when Black Eyed Peas started playing and I really wanted to watch them. But, um, <laughs> my dad didn't like them, so we had to go. Yeah. Was Mine was um, uh, Blood Island Raiders. Nice. And uh, Atomic Bitch Wax at the uh, Underworld in Camden. And um, wow. <laughs> we're, so the guitarist of Blood Island Raiders is uh, Alistair Riddle, who's now in the band Flamebearer. He was friends with my cousin and he was the first person I ever saw play guitar like live. And he has this like flowing long blonde hair and he plays a Les Paul. And he, he you know, like he plays guitar like Zach Wilde, you know, like hi, and it just looks <laughs> so fucking cool. And I, I just, uh, yeah, I was like 14. I, I just was a geek, a complete loser and geek. And I just, I just remember looking at him like, oh my God, that is the coolest thing ever. And now we're friends. And like, now we like <laughs> hang out and stuff. It's so cool. But yeah, like uh, he's a huge influence in, on like kind of how I play today. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really nice. So what are your favorite crisps? Salt and vinegar. I don't like the walkers. They're too oily. The, the other, what's the other one? It's not walkers. It's, Anything that's not Walkers, it's salt and vinegar. Well, I love McCoy's, it. McCoy's, McCoy's crinkle cut salt and vinegar. Yeah, okay. yeah. Roast beef monster munch every day of the week. Oh, oh. no. I know it's pickled oh. onion monster munch. I'm sorry <laughs> that wins. What would be your dream tour lineup? So, a headliner and a few support bands, and you can include yourselves in that if you want to. Uh, oh, God, that's a tough one, man. Uh, bolt thrower. Yeah. Um, bolt thrower, come back. And we support them, and Aka Cocker are playing as well. And I think that would probably be, I'd be in heaven. I, I can <laughs> hang up my guitar after that. For me, it would be um, Nine Inch Nails headlining. I love Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> they made me decide to just do music. Um, Nine Inch Nails headlining, followed by Killing Joke, followed by, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we love Killing Joke. We love Killing Joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so cool. Um, followed by Kane Joke, followed by Akaka, followed by Bolt Thrower. You can't you know, have all the order. bands. Yeah. Yeah, you can. It's a festival. I, I, oh, just, okay. I decided it's an all day. It's like a 24 hour all day. Uh, and Ohm and Sleep and Electric Wizard and I'll probably be an Opeth and um, Atomic Rooster and Carmen. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Killing yeah. Joke, another band with loads of Middle Eastern stuff in their music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stuff very Middle Eastern. Yeah. Oh, also Coroner. Coroner. Oh, Coroner yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, Killing Joke. I, I absolutely adore Killing Joke. Adore Nine Inch Nails. That they're, they're all kind of like two of my favourite bands of all time. They're just so cool. They are. They they're really great. are. I saw them both play Hellfest last year. It was amazing. Oh yeah, Hellfest mm. looked incredible such a great fest yeah uh what's your uh pre-gig ritual 
So you can't, you never, <laughs> you know what mine is? I, uh, I have a shit every time before I go on stage. <laughs> because the way I see it is the absolute worst thing. I think the worst thing that could happen on stage for me is I'm playing for halfway for a song and my strings break and I shit myself. So I figure <laughs> if I have a shit before I go on stage, the worst thing that can happen is I break a few strings. So that's my yeah, that gross as it is, it's true. I can confirm. Um, yeah, I do vocal warm ups and I just don't talk to anyone. I'm really, I get really nervous before a show. So I just sort of like hide and don't speak to anybody until after the show. And then I'm really social and, and happy to see everyone. But until then, I'm just like, I disappear. <laughs> well, we, we will definitely catch you after the show. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If you were a biscuit, what biscuit would you be? Ooh. Oh. Bourbon. Oh. Classic. I thought you'd be more of a, a cream. What's those, the creamy ones? No, Custom I like cream. them, but I think I'm more of a bourbon. I'm oh. reliable. I'm good. Not too flashy. Like, that's, that's, that's the way to be, I think. I do, I do one of those ones with the jam in the middle. Like the, the Jammy sugary. Dodger. No, Jammy no, Dodger. Jammy yeah. Dodger. The, the other ones, they're fancier than there. They have, like, the, the scalloped edges. Jammy Dodgers have scalloped edges. Yeah. Do they? Oh, maybe I'm yeah. a, I, I might be. A <laughs> yeah, maybe you're a jammy dodger. Yeah, I think that's what I'd be. I don't know why. <laughs> Good choice. Uh, what was the last song that you listened to? Um, it was, uh, what's that band? Oh, God damn. We were Blood just... Rust. Was it Blood yeah, Rust? Yeah, I mean, no, it wasn't Blood Rust. It was, oh, it oh God. Hold on, I'll tell you, because we were just listening to it in the car. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. Oh, no, was it um, Dying Fetus? Yeah, Dying Fetus. It was Dying Fetus. Subjected to a beating by Dying Fetus. Yeah. Wow, what a great last song. I, I love hearing that from you know from different people. <laughs> it's such a good song. It, it's it's a masterclass in like the management of energy and like the to and fro. I, I saw them live at Hellfest as well. They were like 20 minutes late going on stage and the crowd was just building up and building up. And when they it was ecstatic and they came on and they straight away they played the first song off of that album. They played that one and everyone went absolutely mental. It was so cool. <laughs> Brilliant. Love Dying Fears. Awesome. So that was the last question in the quickfire round. So we can go back to some normal questions now. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we know that you're going to be at Uprising Festival. Have you got any other live dates planned for this year? Yeah, we've got um, Desert Fest the week after which will be really cool. Okay. So we're playing the Saturday of Desert Fest. And then we've also been announced for Doom Lines, which is, I think in July. In July and Sheffield at the same time. Yes. Okay, cool. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Sheffield's not that far from us. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm not festival either. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't aware of that one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have, to give that a, we'll have to give that a look. We may yeah, see you there. It's a good line. There's some good bands playing. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get added to the Uprising lineup? Uh, and have you been to the festival before or you know, to watch or play? So we we were asked to do it. We, we met Simon. We met Simon when we were doing Metal to the Masses. Yeah, yeah we were doing Metal to the Masses and um, he saw us play. And it was really cool. And like, yeah, we, we met him like before COVID, I think. It was a while back. And he booked us, I think it was last year, but I couldn't do it um, because I ended up working for a Netflix show um so he very kindly was okay with me not doing uprising so that I could go and be on tv which is very nice of him so now we're doing it this year which is really cool 
yeah he's a really nice guy I've, I've uh yeah when i met him he was really lovely and he's really friendly and just love his energy and it's it's uh I've not been to Uprising before, but I'm really looking forward to kind of experiencing it and kind of, yeah, mm. getting to I've not actually been to Leicester before either, so that'd be really cool. I'm so excited. It's such a good lineup. Yeah, the the, the line I mean, the lineup is just perfect. Yeah. There's there's mm. you know, for the, the venue, um, the bands that play in it, it it's gonna be great. I'm I'm hugely influenced by Paradise Lost as well, so I really uh I'm really hoping I'm going to get to meet those guys and shake their hands and say hi. I'm a massive fan because it's true. Like I think they're incredible. Weirdly, we like we've been watching live music. Like, I've been watching live music for almost like 30 years, and between us, neither of us have actually seen Paradise Lost. We oh, don't wow. know how we, we oh. don't know how we've managed to miss them every single time. Wow, you're going to get to see them for the first time. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is we played Bloodstock not last year, the year before. I yeah. Think. And when we played on the Yeda stage, which is like a little one out in front of the main stage, yeah. we played directly after Paradise Lost. And because the timing was a bit out, we went up. Paradise Lost started a bit later, so we couldn't start. They wouldn't let us start our set until they finished, obviously, because the main stage is just going to drown out anything else. But yeah. I got to sit on stage like with my guitar and watch a Paradise Lost set, <laughs> which is just oh, amazing. Really strange, it was yeah. a really great feeling. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. Um, so carrying on with the uprising lineup, then will you get a chance to watch any other bands while you're there? And is there anyone in particular that you're looking forward to seeing if you do? Defo and um, Paradise Lost, Damon. We've got to see Damon because our drummer's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited to see Comfy Christ. I used to listen to them when I was mm. a teenager. I never saw them live. I'm really curious as to how it will feel to to see them. It's really cool to be on a lineup with them as well for the same reasons as it's cool to be with Paradise Lost. I mean the whole. The whole bill is just stacked, so we're going to try and catch as many bands as we can. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait. Yeah, we're we're going to be doing the same thing. Try, we we want to watch every single band if possible. It's going to be mm. it's going to be so good. Yeah. So finally, why should people come and watch you at Uprising? Kind of give us a great reasons to come and watch you guys. Um, we promise we'll be really good. You will be surprised, pleasantly, hopefully. Um, and it will be different so it'll be a good palette cleanser between all the different bands because we're very heavy but in a way that probably people haven't experienced before I'd like to think um but you know come and I don't know <laughs> it's really hard to sell yourself well, you know I think for me we're we're first right are we yeah I think we're yeah. first so I think the thing is you want to come and watch us because if you don't if you come a bit later, you're going to just hear loads of people saying like, oh, did you see Lowen? And they're going to, if you missed it, you're going to feel really stupid. So that's basically it. That, that is a great response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's up to you, really. If you feel like it, come and watch us. We'd love to see anyone. And, you know, we, we're really social after the shows as well. So if anyone wants to come and talk to us, we're always happy to talk to anybody. If anyone has any questions about the music or the history, any of it, like it's always so nice when anyone takes an interest. Well, I'm I'm sure we will be looking out for you um, as soon as uh, as soon as you guys have finished your set and you're uh, you manage to unwind a little and uh, there's no <laughs> nerves anymore. Yeah, when he's had his chip and I've had yeah. the yeah. warm ups, we'll be we'll be ready to say guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thank you, Nina. Thank you, Sham. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. We can't wait to see you at Uprising. I just know it's going to be an epic show. So thank you very, very much for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lohan. Thank you for listening. We had a great time chatting with them. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ready to Mosh Cast. And we're on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Ready to Mosh. So give us a share, follow, five stars on whatever platform you're using. And of course, don't forget to check out Uprising. Make it stop, Moog. <laughs>